0: Open your Bible with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. Now, a little bit about me is I like variety. I get bored with the same thing over and over and over, so I like variety. And lately, I've been a little bit bored with with our meals, and I like to cook, so I've been looking for new recipes and trying some different ones out, and some of them have been pretty good, and others, well, I had to work on. Um, A new one for shrimp. Monisa and I like shrimp, so... uh, marinate it for several hours in a mixture of honey and soy sauce and, and uh, some minced garlic and, and uh, some ginger and put that in the refrigerator together for a few hours in the shrimp and then discard the marinade and you know, saute the shrimp real fast with a smaller amount of that same mixture put in just at the last. How does that sound to you? Pretty good? It was. So there you go, free recipe. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying some different things I, it's because I enjoy that. This, this year, as a church family, we're going to focus on helping you understand from Scripture, from the life and teaching of Jesus, the recipe for being a disciple of Jesus who makes disciples. The recipe for being more than just a church person, but a disciple of Jesus Christ who is growing and whom God is using to make disciples who in turn know how to make disciples, a re- reproducible process. Now I, want you, I want to begin by asking you to think about what word do you usually use when describing yourself spiritually, when describing your relationship with Jesus Christ? What's the word that you think most accurately describes you in the way you approach things? What word do you normally speak comes to mind when you think about yourself and Jesus Christ? For some, it's probably the word church member. Over the years, I've asked a lot of people, if you died today, would you go to heaven? They say, yes. I say, how do you know? Well, I'm a member of the church. And so their identity spiritually, their identity when it comes to Jesus is, I'm part of the church. I go to church. For others, I'm a Christian. Hear that a lot. What does that mean? Can't really define it, but I'm a Christian. I believe there's a God. I believe Jesus was real. And uh, that word has been so watered down, it doesn't mean a whole lot anymore. But for some of us, that's the word we use to define ourselves. For others, I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus Christ. And we, we that that is a huge part of who we are. But there's more to it than simply believing in Jesus Christ. Some say I'm a follower. I follow Jesus. That's a good word. Do you know what word Jesus used more than any other to describe us, those who are following him, those who believe in him, those who are his? you know what word Jesus used more than any other word and it's not even close? The word disciple. The word that we probably use the least. For us, disciple is something we associated with a Sunday night or Wednesday night class at church, a discipleship class, church training. It's not how Jesus used it. In fact, the word disciple occurs 260 times in the four Gospels and the book of Acts. Just in those five books, 260 times. How many of those 260 occasions do you think refer to the 12 disciples? What's your guess? 24. In other words, 236 times that the word disciple occurs in the Gospels and the book of Acts, it's referring to us. To me, to you, to the people of God, the followers of Jesus Christ, the word used more than any other is disciple. We are a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now notice what Jesus said. We often use it in missions conferences, which is great, but to limit it to that minimizes the impact of what Jesus is really saying. In Matthew 28, in verse 18, Jesus came up to them, came up to his disciples, his followers. And he spoke to them saying, here's what he said. Now listen, this is the last thing Jesus said before he went back to the Father in heaven. So it's important, okay? He said, all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, because of this, go and do what? Make what? Make what? Go and make disciples of all nations, of every ethnic group, literally, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, teaching them how to do, not just head information, but life transformation, teaching them to observe All I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always to the very end of the age, to the very end of the world. What is a disciple? Jesus said that's what you are. Jesus said our reason for being is to love him and love people enough that we go and make disciples of the nations, that we make disciples of our neighbors and our relatives and our co-workers and our classmates. What is a disciple? I think most of us aren't sure. Now, in Jewish culture, it's very, very interesting how they would, disciple, how they would educate, how they would develop their children, especially the boys. The spiritual education, the spiritual development of Jewish boys went through several stages that lasted several years. When they were old enough to do it, the very first stage, they focused on memorizing the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament, memorizing it verbatim. You've heard me talk before about being in London years ago and going to a a Muslim mosque one afternoon and seeing hundreds, I mean literally hundreds of little boys sitting on the floor all over that mosque with the Koran in front of them, weaving up and down as they out loud spoke and memorized the Koran. That's what Jewish boys did. They memorized the Torah. And then after uh, a few years had passed and they were a little older, they would go to classes that were taught by rabbis in which they would then learn the meaning of in the interpretation of the Torah they had memorized. And after a few years of that passed, they would, and they were a little older, they would go to another class also led by rabbis in which they would learn the application of that truth. How to apply to daily living, how to apply, to apply to social mores, how to apply to the institutions, how how it applied to the decisions they were going to make. And then, the last stage, the rabbi would say, "Your dad's a fisherman, right? You make a good fisherman. Your dad's a carpenter, right?" You'd make a good carpenter, go learn a skill, go learn a trade so you can support yourself and your family. But that rabbi would then look around and he would identify the brightest and the best of those students. And he would say to that student, you come follow me. And that student would spend the next several years following that rabbi as he would teach them, as he would model for them, as he would interact Q&A with them as they would do ministry together and that, those those brightest and best of the boys, what was he doing? He was turning them to be rabbis. Does that sound anything like what Jesus did when he went to those men and said, come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men? And they spent the next three years traveling with Jesus, learning from Jesus, listening to Jesus, interacting with Jesus, doing ministry with Jesus so that they could then become His followers, His disciples, who could then replicate what He had done in terms of ministry and sharing the gospel. But here's one big difference you need to get, okay? Really important. Those Jewish rabbis, they only chose the best and the brightest and the smartest of their pupils. Jesus said whosoever will. Jesus said, you, come follow me. You don't have to be from the best family. You don't have to have the greatest heritage. You you don't have to have been a a straight-A student in school. You don't have to be someone who's never messed up, never sinned. Whoever, whoever. Jesus said, you and you and you and me, we can be His disciples. Aren't you thankful for that? So we want to learn from Jesus and from Scripture what it means to be a disciple. And not just so we can be one, so we can do what He said here, go and make disciples. Because you are not a fully developed disciple until God is using you to impact the lives of others who are lost. Becoming disciples who make disciples. So today I want to help you understand what a disciple is, okay? And then for the next two months, We're going to focus on how Jesus did it and how we can do it. So what is a disciple? There's a graphic on the screen. Three things. A disciple is one who follows Jesus Christ. Secondly, a disciple is one who is being transformed by Jesus, ongoing, a process continually, being transformed by Jesus. A disciple is one who is on mission with Jesus. And here is where we often break down. We're not on mission with him. We all want to have spiritual growth, but spiritual growth is stunted. Spiritual growth is limited. Spiritual growth sometimes is even hypocritical if it never flows out of us and changes the world. Following Christ, being transformed by Christ, and being on mission with Christ. One who is following Jesus. Let's look at a few verses. Matthew chapter 4, verses 19 and 20. You're familiar with some of these. Jesus said to him, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Do you see the focus there on following, 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 following? Now you say, well, that's the 12. Okay. Okay. Mark chapter 3, verse 14. Let's look at this and dig a little deeper. He appointed the twelve so that they would be with him and that he could send them out to preach. So he chose them to be with him, to follow him, with the end result being they could do what? Make more disciples. What about us? Well, let's look at another passage from Matthew chapter 16. Then Jesus said to his disciples, And it wasn't just the 12, it was others who were there following him because remember, 236, 230 some of the 260 times disciple occurs in the Gospels, it's referring to us. Jesus said to them, what? If anyone, who's that? That's us, it's anyone, it's our friends, it's our neighbors, it's our relatives. If anyone wishes to come after me, come after Jesus, attach themselves to Jesus, you're going to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow Him. The invitation is to all of us is is to be followers of Christ. And what that is saying is that, that, that being a disciple means you are in a relationship with Jesus Christ. You are in a close and intimate relationship with Christ. It's not just about going to church. It's not just about being religious. It's about following the person of Jesus Christ. How how do you live? What direction do your, does your life go? It goes the direction that He goes, that He leads. How do you make decisions? You make decisions on the basis of how he, he informs, He influences you, He directs you. Why? Because you are following Him. The greatest shaper of your life is to be Jesus Christ. You're following Jesus, spending time with Him, getting your sense of identity from following Him. But the second component, Not only one who follows Jesus, but one who is being transformed by Jesus. Look at what Jesus said in chapter 6 of Luke's Gospel, verse 40. Notice this. He said, a pupil is none above his teacher, but everyone, after he has been fully trained, will be what? Will be what? So why did those... Rabbis in training disciples is what they were called, okay? Did you know that? They were called disciples. They were disciples of a particular rabbi. And they would spend those years following that rabbi, those years following him, having question and answer sessions, those those years listening to him teach. And by the way, sometimes when the rabbi was teaching his disciples, he would do it publicly and others could come in and listen, even though he was teaching them, others could come in. Does that sound like Jesus? Absolutely. Because the ultimate, the ultimate, the outcome they were looking for was that these Jewish boys would become like those rabbis, think like them, live like them, talk like them, teach like them, learn from them. That's what Jesus did with his followers. And that's what it means for you and me as we follow Jesus. We spend time with Jesus. We get our identity from Christ. We follow him. Then we are being transformed. We are changing. We are becoming more and more like Jesus. Him, every passing year, every passing season of your life, you should be more like Jesus Christ, being transformed. And that's a whole lot more than just getting information in your head, isn't it? Look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. Next slide. There we go. He says a disciple is not above his teacher, similar to the previous passage, nor a slave above his master. It is enough for the disciple that he become. Did you, Have you ever noticed this in Scripture? When Jesus said as a disciple, what's to happen in your life is you are to become like your teacher. You, you are to become like your Savior. You are to become like your master. You are to become like Jesus being transformed. And so this means that you and I are, are more than just Christian students. It, it means that we are more than just learners. We want to learn facts about the Bible. We want, to learn, we want to learn facts about doctrine. All of that is important. But that's not what Jesus is talking about. Because all of that stuff up here is useless if it doesn't change who we are and how we live and how we think and how we speak and what we do and how we interact with this world and the lost people in it. It's about being changed and transformed and becoming more and more like him. You see, it's it's, it's about a whole lot more than than just going to church growth classes, discipleship classes, Sunday school classes. that's, That's a process that God can use. But just showing up at that, that's not it. It's, it's about more than sitting in a weekly worship service listening to me preach. It, it's, it's about you being changed and, 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 and being with Christ, and that's why you want to spend time in His Word. That's why I'm putting this Bible reading plan out for the next four weeks. That's the reason we're trying to teach you how to have spiritual disciplines and practice them because if you're going to be transformed as a disciple, you have to hang out with the Master. You have to spend time in the presence of the Master. You have to spend time in the Word of the Master, and you have to let Him apply it to your life and answer your questions and confront you and encourage you and guide you and challenge you and strengthen you because you want to stay close to King Jesus. A disciple is somebody who follows Jesus because they also know how great he is and they want to be changed by Jesus. And it means we've got to be committed to that. And then the third part of this definition. A disciple is someone who's on mission with Jesus. In the weeks to come, we're going to look ahead at how you can do that. Look at what he said in Matthew 4, 19. Matthew 4, 19, Jesus said, follow me. And what happens? Do you get the connection? When when you hang out with Jesus, the end result is you're going to be used to make a difference in other people's lives. If if, If you never fish, if you never engage lostness, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not too certain about the quality of you hanging out with Jesus. Because Jesus said, when you follow me, that's what I'm going to do in your life. Mark chapter 3, verse 14, verse we saw a moment ago, says they sent you the same thing. He appointed the 12 so that they would be with him and that it's missing from up there, but he could send them out to preach. It's the same, it's the same idea that he can send them, that, that, that God uses us. And so it means that, that as we grow, you, listen, one of the signs of maturity as a disciple is you're out there in the world making a difference. You're burdened for the lost people around you. and you want to do something about it. We're not careful. We make spiritual growth too much about how much stuff we know and how good we feel about ourselves, not enough about Jesus and his kingdom and his mission and his purpose. It's about evangelism. It's it's about you're one. it's, it's, It's about at Christmas... Praying for people who are lost and what can you do to to be a witness and a spiritual encouragement to somebody who's lost because Jesus really is the reason for the season. It's not just to make our lives better. It's for the salvation of humanity. It's about service and generosity and changing the world. See, here's the, here's the, the key point. You and I are disciples and we are to be the kind of disciples God is using to make disciples of others, and as a church, we want to help you with that. Um, when I eat waffles, well, that's out of left field, wasn't it? <laughs> I use the the cheap syrup, right? I do. I buy that real low-cal stuff. I've gotten used to it. But now when I use syrup to cook with, I use the expensive stuff, the real maples. Have you ever gone down the the, the, the aisle at the grocery store and notice the difference in how much real pure maple syrup costs versus the cheap stuff? There's a difference, isn't there? You know why it costs more? because it, it's a tedious process to make the real stuff. They hand drill these holes in maple trees and you know, hammer that little piece of steel tubing into that maple tree and hang a bucket on the end of that steel tube and, and that sap, that clear watery substance run, drains out and fills that gallon bucket and, and in a day's time, Fifty maple trees or so will produce somewhere between 30 and 40 gallons of salt. Watery, clear, barely sweet stuff. And they dump it all in these big containers and they heat it up and they boil it and it reduces down until just the nice, sweet, sugary stuff is left and the water has gone. And then they strain it several times and bottle it. And by the way, those 50 maple trees that in a day will produce about 30 to 40 gallons of sap, do you know how much real maple syrup they get out of that 30 to 40 gallon? Any guess? One gallon. That's why the good stuff costs a whole lot more than the cheap stuff. But in our walk with Jesus Christ, too often all we want to be is the cheap stuff, the quick and easy stuff. What's my shortcut? What's the least I can do? Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, deny yourself. Take up your cross every day. Follow me. That's not the easy way. That's not the quick fix, is it? That's the slow maple syrup making way. It means you invest. You don't shortchange. It means you make a commitment and you get after it. You don't settle for just going to church. You don't settle for just going to Sunday school. You don't settle for just being a church member. You don't settle for just being religious. You don't settle for just every now and then talking to Jesus. You don't settle for just every now and then picking up his word. You don't settle for letting that sin stay in your life. Because you want to be pure. You want to be the real thing. You want to be the good stuff. You want to be the expensive stuff. Takes time. See, I, I'm asking you, be that kind of disciple. I I don't hesitate to stand here today and ask you on that commitment card to make a commitment and say, Pastor, I'm going to spend four weeks reading these twenty chapters of the New Testament. Five chapters a week. I'm going to read it. Instructions on the back of the card how to do it. I stand here this morning asking you as a disciple of Jesus to make the commitment that you will be here on October 20 and get the training to know what D groups and that discipleship process where you can be a disciple who makes disciples, who makes disciples, that you can learn what is about, that you're not going to settle for less. I stand here this morning and I'm asking you to pray for your one and to invite them to church and to invite them to Christmas service. I'm, I'm asking you this morning to make the commitment to, to take that ornament when we make them available and write that person's name on it hanging it on your tree and as a family pray for that lost person and give that to that person and say we prayed for you. We prayed for your family. We prayed for you to know how much Jesus loves you. I stand here this morning and challenge you as a disciple of Jesus Christ to do everything you can to strengthen your marriage, to do everything you can to know how to have conversations with your children and grandchildren and to do discipleship in the home and to put these dates on your calendar and don't let whatever pops up get in the way. Because you're saying, I'm not going to be the cheap syrup on the shelf at the grocery store. I'm going to be the pure maple syrup. I'm going to be the real deal. I'm going to be a follower of Jesus who's being transformed by Jesus, who's on mission with Jesus Christ. But the only person who can do that in your life is you. Let me close with this. I don't want you to be intimidated. I don't want you to be afraid. Because it breaks my heart. I hear so many disciples of Jesus Christ saying, I can't read Scripture. I can't memorize Scripture. I can't study Scripture. I can't invite anybody to church. I, I can't. I, I, I'm so heartbroken at hearing so many of Jesus' followers say, I can, I can't. It's like we've just been intimidated by the devil into saying, it's not possible. But Jesus says it is possible. And it's possible for you. And Jesus began that passage in Matthew 28 by saying all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. And that word authority has two shades of meaning to it. One is might or power. That's the reason the King James says all power. Might and power. And the other is right and authority and the permission and privilege as though Jesus has both the permission and the right and the privilege and the authority because of who he is to have expectations and to rule this world, but he also has the might and the power and the ability and the capability of changing lives, of changing you, of doing it, of using you. And they come together. They come together all in Jesus Christ. It's as though Jesus has stepped out on the balcony of heaven and he looks at all the universe and he says, I own that i created that. I have authority over that. He stands on the balcony of heaven and looks at earth and all that's in it, including us, and he says, I own that and I own them. I created that place and I created them. I have authority over that place and over them. And guess what? The same power that is mine, which created the universe, the earth, and humanity, is the power that I give you. So don't you ever tell Jesus you can't. Maybe you can't, but he can, and he's in you if you know him. Be a disciple. Makes disciple. When we sing this invitation song, fill out your commitment card. Put your name on it. Bring it to the altar and say, Jesus, I can, I will because of you. I can and I will because of you. I can and I will because of you, Jesus. Take a moment and pray. Fill out your card as the instrumentalists play. And then just a second, we'll stand and sing. And you bring your cards to the front. Pastors are going to be here. If you need to talk with someone or pray with someone, we want to do that. We will be here for you. If you need to publicly be baptized, let us know and we'll plan to baptize you. That's a way that. New believers identify with Jesus. New followers, new disciples publicly identify with Jesus is by being baptized. Become part of this church. Join this church. If you want to pray, come and kneel over to the side and pray. We'll leave room in the front for people to drop their commitment cards off. So let's stand. And I'm just going to trust the Holy Spirit. And I I have confidence in the people of God. You respond as God is leading. Bring your cards. I pray you'll make every commitment you can in good conscience make on that card. Bring it. Place it on the altar to Jesus Christ. Let's sing together. You come right now.